0: I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, it's a new month, which
1: means the July Movie Preview. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. We both saw Baby Driver this week. We'll review it a little later. Plus, I also need to make
0: an adjustment to my top 10 TV of 2017 so far. Just one week after counting them down. First, it's the July Movie Preview.
2: To become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Do me a favor,
0: can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Out this weekend, Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the latest Spider-Man film, but it is the first that is officially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not counting Captain America Civil War, which, yes, had Spider-Man in it, but it was not his film. This one is his movie, and it is set in Peter Parker's high school years, like Spider-Man originally was. So that means it features one of his nerdy high school friends, Named Ned Leeds.
2: Can you summon an army of spiders? No, Ned. No. Do you know him too? Storm shield. Can I try the suit on?
0: It also features Michael Keaton playing a guy who is not one of Peter's friends. He's the Vulture.
2: The rich and the powerful, like Stark, they don't care about us. The world's changing, boys. Time we change too.
0: This is the third time Michael Keaton, by the way, has played a character who wears a costume of a winged creature, Batman, Birdman, Vulture, and his presence means Spider-Man wants to help, even if Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark tells him otherwise.
2: These weapons are crazy dangerous.
0: Listen, Peter, forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. Even though he's Spider-Man and has superpowers, the Vulture is a formidable foe. I screwed up.
2: You need to stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want you to understand. I'll do anything to protect my family. I know you know what I'm talking about. So don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody
0: you love. Word is that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man yet. It's one of the best reviewed. It's been hovering over 90%. I don't know why I haven't seen this yet. What am I waiting for?
2: The guy is still out there. I've just gotta do this on my own.
1: On July 14th, the war begins for the planet of the apes.
2: He's a smart one, isn't he? What are you gonna name him? Do they look like just apes to you? He saved our lives. He was remarkable. You're him. You're Caesar. We've been searching for you for so long. Tell your colonel we are not savages. War for
1: the Planet of the Apes will complete the modern day trilogy, a trilogy which has so far been dynamite. The first one, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, came out in 2011. Bit of a surprise hit, raked in nearly half a billion dollars. And even more impressively, everyone loved it. The old series, beloved as it is, is kind of ridiculous, and the Tim Burton remake in the early 2000s was dumb, but Rise played it straight and the results were fantastic. Three years later, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out was even better. It also made over 700 million dollars. Where Rise was the origin story of the main monkey Caesar and showed how the apes became super smart, how the humans nearly made themselves extinct. Dawn was set a few years down the road, apes getting better at life while the humans were having a tougher time. Now, with war for the planet of the apes, things are heightened even more. Caesar is done playing nice with the humans who keep trying to take him and his other ape brothers out.
2: Prepare for battle. They took too much from me. every day
0: there are times when it is necessary to abandon our humanity to save humanity
1: That's Woody Harrelson as the warlord leader of the humans and as good as he is at speechifying I'd be very surprised if his side comes out on top of this war. So far with a few dozen reviews in War for the Planet of the Apes sitting at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. This whole Planet of the Apes series is kind of underrated. Uh, The movies are always great, they always make money, but I feel like they still aren't really appreciated enough. Hopefully, that changes with the release of this one, because if the hype is real, they will have gone three for three, which is a very rare feat in Hollywood. The war begins July
2: 14th. All of human history has led to this moment. And if we lose,
0: it will be a planet of apes.
2: Apes! Together, strong!
0: Also on July 14th, an interesting looking film called Wish Upon. Mama? (laughs) Jeff throws his headphones down in disgust. It's a scary movie.
2: Hey, Carl, look at this. Seven
0: wishes. It is a music box that grants seven wishes. The box finds its way into the hands of a teenage girl who is being bullied by a mean girl at school.
2: I wish Darcy Chapman would just go rot.
0: She wished for that girl to go rot. So she actually did start to rot. So I guess the box works.
2: I can wish for anything money. Get in. What is happening right now? Love. Did that just happen?
0: There's gotta be a catch, right? There have been others who've had the box. They and everyone they love all died. When the music ends, the blood price is paid. Well, that's a shame. It's a demon. What does it want? your soul
2: i wish i wish you can't control it it's controlling you i didn't know that any of this would happen
1: i wish i'd never heard of that before (laughs) My God, no thanks. Hard pass. Also on July 14th, something much more interesting to me. It looks like we'll see the wider release of a romantic comedy that's been doing very well in a limited release. It's Kumail Nanjiani's The Big Sick.
2: This was fun. Wait, we haven't even had sex again yet. I'm just not that kind of girl. I only have sex once on the first date. (laughs) I'm just going to call an Uber. (laughs) Your driver will be ready as soon as he puts on his
1: pants. If you haven't heard of him, Nanjiani is a stand-up comic and an actor. He's in the HBO show Silicon Valley. He is a Muslim man originally from Pakistan. His family moved to Chicago when he was a kid. The Big Sick is a semi-autobiographical movie about his life, specifically his love life and how he fell in love with a white woman, much to his family's chagrin.
2: I have to tell you something, babe. I've been dating this girl. She's white.
0: A white girl? Yeah, You can't look like you and yell white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. I wonder who that could be.
2: I'm guessing it's a young single Pakistani woman. This is Zubeda. For your files. Your ex-files. That's your favorite show, huh? The truth is out there.
1: (laughs) So his family's pushing for an arranged marriage, but he's got his heart set on Emily, played by Zoe Kazan. She likes him too, but is having a hard time with the situation.
2: Are you judging Pakistan's next top model? You know how we have arranged marriage in my culture? Oh my god, I'm so stupid. Can you imagine a world in which we end up together? I don't know. All that
1: right there would be an interesting movie, Culture Clash, Forbidden Love or Romeo and Juliet type scenario. All that stuff we've seen before and if it's done well it always works. But the big sick takes a turn and that Emily gets very sick. I'm looking for Emily Gardner. She was checked in tonight.
0: There's an infection. We put her in a medically induced coma.
1: Coma.
2: You should call her family.
1: He does call her family and gets to know them while Emily spends more than a week in a coma. Her parents are played by Holly Hunter and Ray Romano. So, uh, 9-11. I've always wanted to have a conversation
0: with people. You've never talked to people about 9-11? I'm still staying.
1: Do anything on call of games? No, I you play it. you can't rhyme it, you try to find a word that nobody can rhyme. Okay.
0: And Stonehenge. That, yeah, so you
1: would win. Yeah. There's already Oscar Buzz for the Big Sick. It's sitting at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's also been doing dynamite business in its limited release. In its first week in a small handful of theaters, its per-screen average was tens of thousands of dollars more than Transformers in its opening weekend. Right now it's easily the movie I'm most eager to see. Look forward at a theater near you as it hopefully expands a little wider on the fourteenth..
2: I think I screwed up with your daughter. Yeah, it
1: did Let me give you some advice, Kamal. Love isn't easy.
2: That's why they call it love. There, I know. I thought I could just start saying something and something small would come out.
0: The July movie preview continues in a moment with Dunkirk.
1: You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff He's Brett. We're doing the July movie preview. And on July 21st, a new epic war movie from director Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk.
0: The enemy tanks have stopped.
1: Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel?
2: There are 400,000 men on this beach.
1: Obviously, Dunkirk is about the World War II Battle of Dunkirk in France, a harrowing ordeal for Allied troops, Trapped on a beach while the Germans buzzed overhead picking them off. An incredibly tough spot for hundreds of thousands of soldiers, including many Canadians. Why Nolan chose this part of the war is kind of strange, given that America had not yet joined in, and since when does Hollywood give a hoot about anyone other than America when it comes to war? But, you know, Nolan's British, so good on him for getting Warner Brothers to pony up at least some of the cash for the film. I see some European production companies listed as well, so the WB may have only contributed to distribution. At any rate, it looks great. The movie stars Kenneth Brana, whom we heard in that first clip. Tom Hardy plays a pilot. It also has Bridge of Spies Oscar winner Mark Rylance and Nolan's Scarecrow actor Killian Murphy out at sea as the war rains down around them. Where are we going?
2: Dunkirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this son. We have a job to do. If we go there we'll die. War movies are almost
1: always epic. This one will be no different. If anything, it'll be even more epic than a lot of the others. It was shot on IMAX and other large format film stocks. 6,000 extras involved and era appropriate planes and boats. So it looks like no one's really swinging for the fences.
0: You can practically see it from here. What? Home. Up next on July 21st, a film based on a French comic from the 1960s valerian and the city of a thousand planets
2: welcome to alpha the city of a thousand planets where for hundreds of years every species has shared their knowledge and their intelligence with each other it's paradise
0: Amazing. It's from the director of films like The Fifth Element, The Professional, and Lucy, Luc Besson.
2: A long time ago, when I was 10 years old, I discovered the first album of this comic book, Valerian. And I was like, oh my God, what is this thing?
0: It's also being hailed as the most expensive French movie ever made at 197 million euros or 225 million US, or 292 million Canadian. Valerian and Laureline are space cops who first appeared in 1967 in the comic books, and they last appeared in 2010, and now a film.
2: When I was working on the Fifth Element with Mezier, the main designer from Valerian, he was the one saying, why don't do Valerian? Why you do this Fifth Element thing? <laughs> I mean, the technology was not good at the time. It was not possible. And then way later, Avatar arrived, and Avatar makes everything possible. There's no limit anymore.
0: And he's right. I mean, Valerian looks spectacular in the trailers. And as far as the story goes, the Utopia, previously referred to as Alpha, is at risk.
2: After centuries of peace and prosperity... An unknown force wants to destroy all we have created. Agents Valerian and Laureline, you have less than 10 hours to find the threat and eliminate it. Have to get it to work.
0: Valerian and Laureline, by the way, are played by Dane DeHaan and Cara Delvingne. The film looks like THE 3D event of the year if not ever here's hoping the story ends up being as good as the style
2: it has always been my dream to put their characters on a big screen and now it's the time on the fifth element there is 188 patrol effects shots when in valerian there is 2734. I've waited my entire life to make this film and the journey has been amazing. I gave it everything I have and I cannot wait to share it with you. So have fun and see you in space.
0: Still to come on the Couch Potatoes, we will conclude our July movie preview with films called Girls Trip, Atomic Blonde, and The Emoji Movie. Also, we've got a review of Baby Driver and I will tell you, which television show needs to be inserted into my top 10 of 2017 so far and which one gets the boot. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff Heesbrecht, continuing and concluding our July movie preview now. On the 21st, it is the super R-rated comedy, Girls Trip.
2: Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day of life. My heart is so full of joy for these women right here. Lord, please make sure that Lisa don't get an STD and that nobody has kidney failure because we finna get messed up and let me get pregnant by somebody rich. That's all I ask. Amen. That's my girl.
1: girl Trip stars Regina Hall. You may know her as Vivian on Black Lash as well as Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett Smith. Pretty simple. Group of friends take a trip to New Orleans to blow off some steam and it gets raunchy
2: haven't hung in five years. I miss you guys. We need a girls' trip.
1: It actually gets so raunchy, there's not much in either of the two trailers I watch that we can air. Needless to say, a plethora of sex, drugs, and bodily fluid jokes. It looks dumb, but I'm sure there are at least a few good laughs.
2: I got what you need right here. This is 200 year old abstinence. If you drink too much of it, it's going to have you hallucinate. Do y'all feel funny? Me, God, <laughs> you coming to give me God? You up in them drinks, you? <laughs> you?
0: ever watch that Blackish show, by the way? No, I uh, I, I
1: wanted to, uh, you know, but I wasn't there from the jump, so I was like, I want to watch it from the beginning. Just haven't got around to it. Yeah,
0: I remember it was on my list of shows that I kind of wanted to watch, but I. I honestly thought it would end up being one of the shows that would be canceled. Yeah. Just because I thought, I thought the jokes just seemed kind of lame and sort of what you would expect from a network to do with that kind of show, and then it ends up getting nominated I for I think Emmys. maybe
1: the initial previews didn't really do it justice or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I thought the same thing, and the, but apparently it's fantastic. All right.
0: Let's conclude the July movie preview here, moving on to the final weekend on July 28th. That's Charlize Farron, kicking a whole bunch of butt. Looks like John Wick meets Jason Horn and is called Atomic Blonde.
2: Lorraine Broughton. An expert in escape and evasion. Provisioned in intelligence collection. Let's go to crap, shall we?
0: And hand-to-hand combat. It is directed by David Leach, who co directed the first John Wick movie and is based on a graphic novel about the deadliest assassin in MI6. It's
2: an impressive set of skills. Talents can be overrated. Lorraine, how well do you know James Gascoigne? Enough to say hello.
0: He's dead. Here is the description. The crown jewel of Her Majesty's Secret Intelligence Service, Agent Lorraine Broughton, is equal parts spycraft, sensuality, and savagery, willing to deploy any of her skills to stay alive on her impossible mission. Sent alone into Berlin to deliver a priceless dossier out of the destabilized city, she partners with embedded station chief David Percival, played by James McAvoy, to navigate her way through the deadliest game of spies.
2: Find out who's hunting down our operatives. A lot of brave men and women are gonna show up dead. Your contact is David Percival. Let me help you with your bags. Welcome to Berlin. Safe.
0: Atomic Blonde also stars, as you heard there, John Goodman, Sophia Butella, who recently was in The Mummy, she was the mummy and Toby Jones from Captain America the First Avenger, and he was also in Sherlock. The movie looks insane. I think I f- love you.
2: That's too bad. She's a queen!
1: Also on the 28th, last certainly not least, the movie we've all been waiting our whole lives for, it's the Emoji Movie. <laughs>
2: Just sent me a text. Addie McCallister? What should I say? Just play it cool. Welcome to the world inside your phone, where everyone is expected to act one way their whole life. Aw, snap! Ow.
1: Yep, in all its wisdom, Hollywood has deemed it fit to make an animated movie about the little smiley faces you text to your friends. It imagines a whole world of these things living inside your phone.
2: My name is Gene, and I'm supposed to be a meh. Meh. Nah. You know, like, meh, who cares? But my problem is I have more than one emotion. Check this out. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Son, please tell me you weren't laughing just now. What if you get sent out on the phone making the wrong face? Dad, I'll make the right face. Then I would finally fit in. Sweetie, you're so handsome when you make that face. I think he's ready, Mel. <laughs> Meh.
1: Then Gene goes on an adventure across the apps on your phone to find his true purpose or something. To be fair, as ridiculous as it is to make a movie about emojis, it actually looks like they tried to make a proper movie. It stars the hilarious and a little out there TJ Miller and the hilarious and a little out there Anna Ferris. Other voices include Sophia Vergara, James Corden, Maya Rudolph, Christina Aguilera, Stephen Wright, and Sir Patrick Stewart as the voice of the poop emoji. Okay son,
2: what do we do after we go potty? Should we wash our hands? <laughs> We're at number 2. Okay.
0: There we go. That's uh Patrick Stewart. I forgot about that. it's yeah. a major coup for them. Before we tell you about uh, Baby Driver, we both happen to go see that film this week. Let's talk about what is coming to home video, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago in Digital HD, and I said, I can't believe Jeff is not here to herald this with his (laughs) over-excitement. What is now coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand? The movie of
1: the year. Soon to be the winner of a record number of Academy Awards. No. It's The Fate of the Furious. God.
2: Dominic Toretto just went rogue.
1: There's only two men in the world that have ever tracked down. And they're both standing right in front of me. Surprise. There ain't no way in hell that we're working with this. Tea and crumpets, eating criminals.
2: Like it or not, you guys are gonna work together. Yeah, it'd be fun. Love to. This is crazy! Come and get it. What are
1: you waiting for, Toretto? Ah, there you go. The Fate of the Furious, the eighth in the series. Statham and The Rock. Or Statham especially has two fight scenes in this movie that are among my favorite things ever, including one with The Rock. Um, Lots of great stuff. Definitely check that one. Also out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, Smurfs, The Lost Village. That stars a bunch of Smurfs. And The Lost City of... Z or Z? We ever figured it out? it is Z. Is it Z? Yep. Uh, Starling Charlie Hunnam because he, he plays a British guy. Yes. An so ex- he pronounces it Z. An explorer in the Amazon in the early 20th century. So um, that's on Blu-ray and DVD, hard copy, digital HD, going in style. That's the one where Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin play three retirees who decide to become bank robbers. So they because they get their pensions screwed away from them. I saw it in theaters actually. Got quite a few good laughs in it
0: oh well it's a great cast yeah. I
1: mean it, it just looks like uh,
0: how do you not like any one of those three guys exactly it looks like it's just one of those kind of affable movies that's sort of hard to dislike up next we're going to tell you about a movie that is getting glowing reviews and we'll see where the couch potatoes land on Baby Driver you are listening to the couch potatoes Brett McGarry Jeff Braun we are the couch potatoes Jeff and I both went to see something this week what's it called Jeff Baby Driver
2: so what is it you do I'm a driver. Oh, like a chauffeur. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B A B Y Baby.
0: Baby Driver is from writer director Edgar Wright the guy behind Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End, to name a few of his films. Baby Driver is about a getaway driver named Baby who wants out of the business, but it's maybe not all that easy. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you this feature about what happens when you say no, how I can
2: break your legs and kill everyone you love. Because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. The moment you catch feelings, the moment you catch a bullet,
0: and your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. The, way to to, the film co-stars Lily James from Downton Abbey, as well as Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, as uh, she plays the girl that baby meets. Kevin Spacey is in it. Jamie Foxx, John Hamm, even John Bernthal. I need Shane from The Walking Dead. Baby Driver was originally supposed to open in August, but it was bumped up to June after gaining some great buzz following its debut at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. Has a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a surprising opening weekend at the box office, finishing in second place with $20.5 in North America this past
1: weekend. So Jeff, what did you think of Baby Driver? I loved it. Walking out of the theater, I turned to my buddy and I said, That was the best Quentin Tarantino movie I've ever seen that wasn't made by Quentin Tarantino. That's basically what it is, a little less chat and a little more action than you get from Tarantino. But it's bad guys swearing at each other during colorful conversations, always fun. And then those crazy action scenes, set to music and really set to music, diegetic to the action, Baby's listening to the songs while he drives. He even uh, has to cue things up to just the right spot, position his car in just the right spot so the music kicks in at the right time when he does his cool car moves. And it either comes off as super cool or sometimes funny. A lot of stuff that's either cool or funny or both. And a lot of it fresh and original. Uh, Like there's a scene near the beginning of the movie, which is just Baby walking down the street to go get some coffee. But it's all one long shot. He's dancing and singing along to a song on his iPod and if you go to see it actually keep an eye on the graffiti on the walls behind him as he goes down the street because uh, the words there tend to match with the music that scene and a couple of others felt like we were suddenly watching a musical a bold move by Edgar Wright that I enjoyed immensely and then you know it would pivot and have a bunch of shocking violence a weird mix of all sorts held together by this blaring soundtrack all the way through it everyone in the movie I thought he was clearly having a blast lots of good scenery chewing and it was fine because in a crazy movie like this so much of it is larger than life why shouldn't you do that and you know john Hamm and kevin spacey are the guys that can do stuff like that they especially seem to be enjoying themselves i don't know if Edgar wright wrote that spacey part specifically for spacey but it really sounded like it he delivers that dialogue i thought like like you get with sam jackson in an actual Tarantino movie. Great stuff although I was a little miffed that Spacey did not refer to Baby as young Mozart in a go-kart like he does in one of the commercials but you can't have everything. Anyways, favorite Spacey performance in a long time. I liked everyone else in it as well. Ansel Elgort plays Baby. I'd never heard of him before. He was good. John Bernthal whom I like more and more every time I see him in something. Jamie Foxx is always solid and Lily James sort of shafted by basically just playing the girlfriend but she lights up the screen like few can do and it was easy to see why it baby would risk everything for my only real qualm was the big climactic action scene was a little too long one too many you know you think it's over but then there's a twist kind of scenarios overall though great stuff i'll give baby driver four couch cushions out of five brett what did you think
0: i wanted to love this movie i I actually expected to love this movie because when i first saw the trailer in the movie theater a few months back I was just blown away. I thought, what was that? Yeah, it's nuts. And uh, so I was really excited for this film. And then when they bumped it up from August to June, I thought, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be good. And it looked like it had all the ingredients for the kind of movie I would be excited about, for the kind of movie that I would love. You know, mainly a fresh story, which is great uh, because, you know, so so many sequels and franchises. So it's nice to see something different. Uh, Throw in the great cast, you got some wild car chases, which were practical, tons of practical effects, uh, great soundtrack, and then writer-director Edgar Wright, who, as far as I can tell so far, can't really do anything wrong. So it seemed like a can't-lose scenario, as it turns out, for me at least... Not quite. And I know that I kind of am going against the grain on this, given that it has a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I left the theater disappointed. Now, that's not to say that I disliked the film. I just didn't love it like I thought I would because it was marketed as this sort of fun, quirky caper. But it actually gets rather dark in this film. and, And the mixed bag of tones didn't work for me. Dark is fine. It's not like I have a problem with dark movies. Mm-hmm. But then sell it that way. It just it, it couldn't figure out what kind of a movie it wanted to be. Was it a fun little action comedy? Or was it this dark sort of journey into the seedy underworld of crime? And I, I, I don't mind that so much, but I, I don't feel like the storytelling was quite there. So I'm wondering if maybe if I watch it again... Now that I know it takes this sort of weird dark turn, if I'll like it better, but the problem is I'm not really in a rush to see it again, partly because I didn't like the main character. The actor, I mean, he's all right, Ansel Elgort. I
1: just like saying his name.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> cool name, but uh, I found him arrogant and annoying, and that little dance scene you were talking about, I thought, this is stupid. Oh, uh, that didn't work for you. No, no. I hated it. And uh, in the end, I just thought he was kind of a bumbling fool. Like, this is this is the hero of your film? He's an idiot. So and did you notice how often he bumps into people as he's walking down the street? Oh, yeah. And not th- just is walking that not down part the... of
1: his inner ear disorder?
0: Well, uh, if they if that was the case, they didn't that wasn't really clear cuz not yeah. only that but then when he was running, he was bumping into people and I thought You're a great driver, but you suck at navigating your way down the street. So, (laughs) all of like Vin Diesel and Fate of the Furious, but
1: that's another topic for another time.
0: (laughs) Which I'm sure we'll revisit 25 (laughs) times before the end of the year. All this stuff makes it sound like I hated the movie. I didn't hate it. I really enjoyed the car chases, they were super innovative. They had practical effects. Loved the supporting cast. And I enjoyed how the movie had some rather unexpected twists and turns. Like, there were, I found quite a few, like, oh, wow, I did not expect that to happen. So those sort of moments. So mm-hmm. I like when a movie or a television show kind of breaks the mold in that sense. In the end, though, I think Baby Driver was overhyped. I can only give Baby Driver three couch cushions out of five. So a a solid C for me.
1: And an average of three and a half between the two of us. Yeah,
0: so So there there you you go. go. I mean, it's not (laughs) the worst movie. It's still pretty cool. It just was not as great as I expected. We have one minute left. Last week, I counted down my top 10 TV shows of 2017 so far, and I already have to make an adjustment. So number 10 was Into the Badlands. Number nine was The Expanse. Number eight was Vikings. Number seven, This Is Us. Number six, Survivor Game Changer. Number five, Colony. Number four, Bates Motel. Number three, Better Call Saul. Number two, Trapped. That's that Icelandic show on Netflix that I really dug. And number one was Planet Earth 2. So then I went home after doing the show and I looked at my PVR and realized I still had seven episodes of Legion on it. That's the FX drama that is based on the X-Men from Marvel Comics. I watched the first episode back in like February said it was great never got around to watching the rest of the season well i plowed through that so fast it is sensational so that makes its way into the top 10 that's all the time we have i'll tell you more about it next week i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes remember if it requires getting up off the couch don't bother